Good morning. Well, here we are in Genesis 3, a very weighty chapter in Scripture, a very important chapter in Scripture. We learn that God created man and woman and brought them together to be one flesh, to be created in the image and likeness of God and to be fruitful and multiply. God was creating a people, and he wanted a people that would multiply uh, his resemblance and his character and bring his goodness to the world and multiply that throughout the world. God created them in a perfect place, in a wonderful garden, and he gave them instruction. He gave them words. He said, do not eat from the specific tree in the garden. Um, they heard God's word, and yet there was someone else in there with them, uh, someone representing Satan that was in the garden with them. And they, Satan deceived Adam and Eve and said, no, you can, you can eat from that tree. And he, he, he kind of used their desire against them. And, you know, it says right away in verse one of chapter three, now the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field. And that's interesting to think about, isn't it? That Satan is crafty more than any other. Um, I believe you could rightly interpret that to mean that he understands your weaknesses, your temptation, what's more liable to get you to follow the ways of evil instead of the ways of God. And in this case, he used that tree and their desire for it to against them, to get them to sin against God. And but what what they what man and woman didn't do is they didn't trust God's word. God had given them a word. He gave them clear instruction. In fact, the woman repeats it, that we're not supposed to eat from this tree. Uh, God's instruction in, in chapter 2, and the woman said, from the fruit of the trees of the garden we may eat, but from the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God said, you shall not eat from it, and you shall not touch it, lest you die. So she clearly knew what God had instructed, but then she began to doubt God's word. She began to think, ah, oh, well, maybe that's not true. Maybe the the serpent is right. Maybe it actually would be better for me if I do it this way. And, you know, that's when mankind gets in trouble is when we start doing things our own way or following our own desires, or our own ways of thinking. And we get away from trusting in the word of God. God's word is meant to guide us, to bless us, to keep us from harm and destruction, from the consequences of sin. And, and it's the best life following God and his word. And when we get away from that, we say, oh, well, I'm going to do it my way or the world's way. Or we let Satan's deception get us to think, well, maybe this isn't so wrong after all. Maybe maybe somehow God was wrong about that. And then we start getting involved in our own decision-making and thinking. It leads to consequences and it gets us away from God. We need to trust God's word. It's meant to bless us and guide us. Oh, dear child of God, please trust the word of God. I'm telling you what, my life has gone so much better when I've taken God at his word and followed it instead of when I followed my desires or the path of sin. Oh, how the Lord blesses you in following and obeying the word of God. It's very interesting what happens when mankind disobeyed God's word. And it says to them, after they ate of the tree, and the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together 
and made themselves loin coverings. So right away they, they needed to cover themselves. That's kind of interesting. Before they were uncovered and they were meant to be fruitful and multiply. Now right away they, they felt shame and they covered themselves. Then they heard the sound of Yahweh God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. You know, God was with them. You know, when, when God began his creation, he was with them in the garden. That's how close the proximity of God was. And after this time of sin, at the end of this chapter, you'll see that they were banned from the direct presence of God. They were removed from the garden and from God's direct presence. And what's amazing is one day God is going to return and he's going to have another tree in the garden, uh, the garden of heaven, so to speak. And God is going to be with mankind again. It's kind of like a full, you know, revolution or return of God to where his original presence was with us. What's amazing, though, is we live in a day and age when when God did come near again through his son Jesus and revealed who God was by Jesus living on the earth, and now he's with us in spirit. So God's presence has returned so much more so than after this scene in the garden, but it won't come to the fullness again until God returns to earth through his son Jesus Christ one day. So listen to verse 8. Then they heard the sound of Yahweh God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of Yahweh God in the midst of the trees of the garden. They tried hiding from God. And you know, listen to what it says. Yahweh God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked. And, he, and God said, Who told you you were naked? Anyways, the point is, is that when man sins, the natural reaction is to hide from God. And God was there. And the thing is, is he's there now because he said, truly, I'll be with you always to the very end of the age. So we can't hide from God, literally, like God sees. So it's almost like we're playing peekaboo, like a baby's kind of, uh, you know, amazed when you put your hands over your eyes and then you, you know, open up your hands and say peekaboo and and we almost act like we can hide from God when God is not hidden from us, meaning he can, he can see us no matter what we're doing. But isn't that something? The natural tendency is for man to separate themselves from God and to not draw near, but instead draw away from God. And it happens because of sin. So basically... When we make a choice that we know dishonors God, it's hard hard to, at the same time, seek God. Because you know that what you know, you're know you doing, what, or we, what we are doing is wrong. So then we say, ah, you know what, I don't want to read my Bible because I know I'm sinning today or later today. Or I don't really want to go to church. Or I really don't want to fellowship with Christians. I don't really want to be in the midst of the holy because I know I am choosing to make decisions that are unholy. And then we get away from God, and that's when it, it gets worse. You know, what, what's great, and this is usually when you hear people talk about God, and it's a great thing, is when people finally come to their senses, like the prodigal son, right? Uh, he went away from uh, God, in a sense, his father in that story, and got involved in wild living until he said, you know what I'll do is I'll, I'll repent, and I'll go back to my father and say, I've sinned against heaven, and I've sinned against you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. I'll return to my father. And the father embraced them. And, and basically, when we 
When we make the decision, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to hide from God anymore. I don't want to keep sinning against God. And we repent and we turn back to him. God does embrace us. And we know that. We, we internally know that. And that's usually when we come back to church and we come back to Bible study and we start reinvigorating our relationship with God again. And it feels good and it feels sweet. And we're just like, you know what? I'm, I'm done with that. I don't want to live that life anymore. And, and that's usually when we we'll hope people open up and confess. And, and that's great. We just need to do it quicker. We just need to acknowledge the areas of our lives where we're disobeying God and where we're living in sin. We just need to turn from those things and turn back to God. And he will you return to God and he will return to you. It's a glorious thing, the forgiveness and grace of God. So let's not hide from God. Let's not live in sin. Let's turn away from sins and just turn to God and, and embrace a relationship with him. And what a beautiful thing that is. But as a result of this sin, God's initial design for mankind to spread his image and likeness in people throughout the world was thwarted. And indeed, as we'll get into chapter 4, we'll see that mankind's fruitful and multiply. God created us that way to procreate. But unfortunately, now that sin was in them and in their midst, instead of multiplying God's goodness, they multiplied sin. And we'll see that right away in chapter 4 with um, Adam and Eve's children's Cain and Abel. We'll see that sin was on the loose. Uh, and it led all the way, you know, sin was on the loose all the way until, well, really, since the beginning of time. But, you know, and that this is what led to eventually uh, the flood and Noah's ark is just God looked at his creation and said, wow, all this multiplication and yet all this sin. And, uh, he started over through through Noah, and we'll get to that in just uh, several chapters here. But this is called the doctrine of original sin. And it's very important to realize that ever since this time, man has struggled with sin. We are born into sin. Now, uh, there's evidence from the scriptures that as a result of a child being born into a Christian family, a believing family in Jesus, that that child for you and your household will be saved, that that child is under the protection of their parents' faith uh, until they come to a point where they've got to make their own decision to follow Jesus. So I, I believe, you know, our children of believing families are protected. But, I mean, just watch a child. I mean, very early on, as soon as a child doesn't get what it wants, it, it cries. And there's a there's a reason for that, right? The child needs to be fed or maybe it's child's not feeling well, but it, it won't take long. You'll see very young children take toys from one another and, you know, throw tantrums and steal things from one another. And, and you, you can see that sinful nature in children from a very early age. And that, that, that is original sin. It's the doctrine of original sin. And it's talked about, in fact, this past Sunday, I almost got to it. Um, but we, just for the sake of time, I didn't quite get that far. But if you turn to Romans chapter 5, because uh, this is dating back all to what we just talked about in the garden. Chapter 5 of Romans, verse 12, it says, Therefore, just as through one man sin entered into the world, and death through sin, so death spread to all men because all sinned. Well, that one man is Adam. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Obviously, Adam was around before there was 
law. But after the law, then we really became more aware of our sinfulness because we knew God's laws. It says, but even though the law didn't come till much later, listen to verse 14 of chapter 5 of Romans. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam until Moses, meaning from the beginning until the law which came through Moses, even though those who had not sinned in the likeness of the trespass of Adam, who is a type of him to come. Now, Adam's a type of Jesus. We'll see this in a second. But the gracious gift is not like the transgression. We're talking about the gift of Jesus. For if by the transgression of the one, Adam, the many died, much more did the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abound to the many. Just as we all became sinners through Adam, we can all be given forgiveness of sin and grace through Jesus Christ. And the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned. For on the one hand, the judgment arose from one transgression, from that eating of that tree that they were directly told not to. Judgment arose from that transgression, resulting in condemnation. That's why, you know, John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And then it says, uh, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. God didn't need to send Jesus to condemn the world. Verse 18 of chapter 3 of John, whoever, uh, whoever believes in him is not condemned. Hallelujah. Whoever believes in Jesus is not condemned. It's great news. But whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only son. John 3.18. Whoever does not believe stands condemned already. See, we're already condemned. God didn't send Jesus to to condemn. He sent Jesus to save. The reason is we were already condemned because we have the sin nature of Adam. Ever since Adam, everyone is under sin. And God then brought the solution through originally the sacrificial system, which was just a temporary means of solution. But ultimately, the solution came through the, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And we can overcome the condemnation of our sin problem through accepting through Jesus Christ faith in him and what he did on that cross and rising from the dead because then he takes our sin problem. He takes our condemnation. He takes our wrath by going on that cross. So listen, let's keep going in Romans chapter 5 here. Uh, For if by the transgression of the one, Adam, death reigned through the one, much more those who receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness who were made right, were given Christ's righteousness, will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. Verse 18, So then, as through one transgression, Adam's, there resulted condemnation to all men, even so, through one act of righteousness, there resulted justification, being made right of life to all men. All who believe can be made right. For as through the one man's disobedience, Adam's, the many were appointed sinners, even so through the obedience of the one, Jesus lived a perfectly obedient life, the many who believe, I'm adding, will be appointed righteous. That's how we stand before God. Do you have the righteousness of Jesus Christ? Because until you have that, you are under condemnation as a sinful being because you've been imputed the, the sinful stature of the human race since Adam and the cure now, the one and only cure today to that problem is Jesus Christ 
and we can have his righteousness be made right, be in right standing through God because Jesus took our sin. Wow, how beautiful is that? Uh, this is kind of like what I preached on last Sunday at church. We need to know our condition. Our condition without Jesus Christ is condemnation. The world's condition without Jesus Christ is condemnation. We're on a path to hell, but God, in his great love and mercy, while we were still sinners, sent his son, Jesus Christ, to save us from that path of condemnation and condemnation, and to give us new life in his name and everlasting life in his name because Jesus took our sin on that cross if you'll just but place your faith in him. And if you haven't done so, please do it today. Say, Jesus, I trust you as the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. I realize, Lord, that I'm a, a sinful man. And for the way for me to be forgiven is to trust in you and what you did through your son and bringing him to die for the human race. I trust, Lord, that he took my sin on that cross and then he was victorious over sin and death by rising from the dead. And if you believe in him and place your trust in him, child of God, you're saved, you're forgiven, and you can live new life in his name, knowing one day that when you stand before God, you're going to have not righteousness of your own, but you're going to have Christ's righteousness. Hallelujah. Amen. We need to know our sinful condition through Adam so that we know the solution of Jesus Christ and embrace it and be forgiven and give new life in his name. God bless you all. Hallelujah. The gospel is good news. And I am very grateful for the good news of Jesus Christ. I hope this lesson blessed you. And may we continue to follow Jesus and God's word and turn away from sin. Amen.